This episode is brought to you in part by Clona Willie. And the brand new Clona Pussy Plus. Clona Willy and Clona Pussy allow anyone to make an exact replica of a penis or vulva into a functioning sex toy at home. And these DIY molding kits are ethically sourced and hand assembled in Portland, Oregon. I mean, obviously. Duh. Follow Clona Willy on social media at Clona Willy Kit on IG and Clona Willy on Twitter. And because we love you so much, we created a custom promo code for our listeners. Private. Use it for 20% off your own custom penis or vagina. Amazing. That's promo code private for 20% off at clonawilly.com. Clone it. Bone it. Welcome back to Private Parts Unknown, a podcast that explores love and sexuality around the world. I'm Courtney Kosak. And I'm Sophia Alexandra. And we're back in New York. That's right. The big zucchini. She doesn't know you guys. It's so weird. <laughs> you are saying it like a New York Post headline, though. I know. It's the big zucchini. Extra, extra. extra read all about, about it. it. <laughs> Did you guys come for the voices or no? Yeah, I mean, my masterful character work, I think, is why they're here. So last week we had a blast, right, with Billy Presida. Yes, if you haven't listened to that episode, you definitely should, because he was so funny and fun. He is a snack, and he is the host of the Man Whore podcast, and we talked about sex parties and gangbangs and... Which he wants to organize for you. Yeah, his interesting views on feminism. Good episode. Uh, I guess not interesting, but just like his non-commitment to the term. We all know the term is problematic, right? Yeah. But we're here trying to be the best feminists or whatever we can be. <laughs> Hashtag me too. <laughs> I'm just trying real hard to make this feminist. Is that how you do it? <laughs> oh, you know how you make it feminist? You have fucking Wendy Starling on to talk about being a sugar baby. Oh, that's the most feminist shit of all time. Wendy is so funny. I met her doing stand-up in LA like years ago now. She's a New Yorker. She has a New York she, vibe too, yeah. doesn't she? And she's so funny. Uh, she did incredible rape material that I highly recommend you look up. I mean, making your own rape hilarious. That's... Take That's some, a badge they don't give out in yeah. Girl Scouts, but they should. <laughs> really necessary for too many of us, but uh, you got to process trauma somehow. As someone who did this with cancer, cancer jokes, you know, saved me. So maybe rape jokes helped her as well. Yeah, she's really good at taking what's real and going on in her personal life and making it funny and translating it to the stage or the screen or whatever <laughs> or the the earphones yeah exactly in she this crushes case on the earphones <laughs> she's also a podcaster um yeah we just had a blast with her we talked to her for like maybe three hours i think we wouldn't stop her talking go. to her yeah. yeah we're like she's like i have a date in. we're like yeah she's like when i spend no. this much time with a man uh they pay me a lot <laughs> <laughs> we're just like hey can we cut in on your business because we love you <laughs> no she's we incredible. are waiting for your call though wendy whenever we want to uh, hang out in so the meantime bad. i guess we'll connect via this podcast you know i think people have misconceptions about what it means to be a sugar baby and, and a I think lot of preconceived notions fed to them by like tv and movies and stuff like that of women who have no agency 
or that are like lazy and just want free money or that are getting taken advantage of. There's so many narratives. A hundred percent. And I think that's why people would be surprised to be like, oh, this is a feminist episode and it's like yeah yeah, yeah the bitch, way that she's she, an empowered sugar baby yes it's not an oxymoron i think a lot of people who even call themselves and consider themselves really open-minded when i've told them about recording this episode i've gotten some responses that are definitely like to me you know kind of where i was with this maybe five years ago just kind of more regressive before understanding that uh People like Wendy are out there. So I identify sometimes with people who are like, uh, my first instinct is to think this is a bad thing for women. Yeah. But then you never actually talk to those women and you just assume that. So this, I think, is a good step towards actually uh, forming an opinion that's based on someone's real experience. So open that pack of sugar babies and enjoy this episode about sugar babies <laughs> extra extra read all about it you guys we are in new york and we are so excited to be joined by wendy starling hi wendy hi sophia hi courtney how are you so good so, so happy to have better you. to have you yeah uh so you host the PFG podcast. Correct. Yeah. What does PFG stand it for, Wendy? It stands for <laughs> Pussy Fart Gang. I was doing a podcast, the podcast I have with Megan Rice, who you might remember, she doesn't stand up anymore. She just moved to St. Louis and she started like a baking company. But we had a podcast and people were like, you need a more salacious name. And so I said as a joke, because I was so fucking fed up. It was a bunch of men. Like, you need, you know, like guys we fucked and come town and whatever. And so I was like, okay, we'll just call it the pussy fart gang. And then later we're like, fuck it. We'll just keep it. Yeah. So it's just us just fucking off. That's so funny. <laughs> Such a good name. So, Wendy, you're a hilarious stand up. And we kind of have an interesting topic that we get to talk about with you today, which is your sugar baby experience. Oh, yeah. We would love to hear about that. Well, it's so interesting. Well, especially because like, and this is a lot of times when you go on a podcast or you do radio, it's like you have to like feign that you're like, I'm interested in talking about this with you. But I just met you, Courtney, and you're already, I already love you because we're both slamming poisonous drinks. Yeah. <laughs> Not alcoholic. Yeah, so. sugar free Red, Red Bull. Bull territory over yeah, here. Yeah, we're all jacked up on Red Bull, but I haven't seen you, Sophia, in, in forever. So like this is, so when I moved to New York, like I moved here like four years ago, and I was working at the Whole Foods in Tribeca and doing spots and just like struggling to make ends meet. And I had, I was living with two other roommates at the time and I had a roommate who was like, he just was like, I, I'm leaving. And I freaked the fuck out because I was like, I have to come up with $1,500 in like two weeks. And Damn. I was already working 50 hours a week. And I was like, I can't, there's not a way for me to possibly make more money. Like I already have a job, you know? And so jokingly, someone I was dating was like, you should do sex work. And I was like, yeah, right, whatever, fuck you. And then I was drunk one night and I was like, I'll sign up for this website right now. So I did, I ended up booking like a, a stand-up gig that gave me the money I needed in time, which was very lucky. Nice. But I kept yeah, the, that's so rare that that shit comes through with stand-up. And it was such a random, it was like a good, the universe is telling me, it, I, I took it as a message from the universe to be like, Hey, like you are good at comedy. You don't, you don't need to do this if you don't want to. Um, but I left my profile up on this website and then I started getting messages and I was dating like, you know, just like, just like losers. I would meet on the street or like on Tinder 
And so I was like, fuck it. I'll just, I'll just go out on a date with some of these guys. So I started exclusively dating on that site. You go to nice dinners and I was like, and if I meet someone that's cool, I mean, I'd be a fucking stupid asshole to not take money. If someone wants to give me money to be their girlfriend, that's fucking stupid that I don't do it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, here's the thing is like, it happens naturally in some relationships anyway, right? If you're like with someone who's very well off, there would be a certain amount of that just anyway. Well, people judge uh, the sugar baby thing because they for some reason think it's demeaning when it's like out in the open that you're getting compensation even though uh the nature of a lot of relationships it has a transactional uh, exactly point to it whether you're with someone for a long time and they're more successful like my husband is the reason I can go at stand-up as hard as I can in the last couple years because luckily he's making way more money than me but people don't look down on that because we've been married and people are like oh well there's a social contract that allows you to take money from this man correct versus if you take money from a man you met on the website now you're a whore yeah which for some reason is a slur and it should not be no and that's it's, just a transactional part of another right. relationship. And the thing too, what I found with it, when I first started, I was super nervous about it. But obviously, because you go out and you're like, people, you're like, I'm going to meet someone who, if he's like, I want to fuck you, I'm going to go fuck him in some hotel room or in his apartment. Like if he's married, you're in a hotel room. If he's visiting, if he's from out of town, you know, so it's like you're going to dinner. It's not like a regular date, but I remember where you're like, oh, if this, you know, you're trying to be like, where is this going in five years? You're like, I have to, if he wants to fuck me tonight, I have to be like, cool. And then I get money for it. And it's like, it's such a mind fuck because it's such a weird thing to wrap your brain around. And there is, you have so much guilt. There's so much, yeah, I like it for me at least. But I remember like taking the train the first time I went to meet someone from the site, I was like, ever, I was like fixing my makeup and I, in my mind, I was like, everyone's looking at me like, look at that prostitute, you know? And because I'm not, it's not like I'm like, 22. Like I'm 37 now. I was 34 when I started using the website. So I was already like an adult woman. So, you know, and I had like always had short hair doing stand up. So I'm not like, and I'd always worked one or two day jobs, like a lot of times manual labor, customer service stuff. So I wasn't like this. It's not like I was raised in like a princess lifestyle. So I'm kind of like a scrappy bitch. So I felt very like this like older scrappy woman just being like, y'all want to fuck for cash? <laughs> it was like a very like, it's just a very different thing. But sometimes it can feel gross, you know, if it's like a, if it's like a one-time thing. But even then, I, but then you get used to it because you're like, I would go out and have a one night stand with some. For sure. I've, I've had so many one night stands, you know, and like, and the, and this is a, a full disclosure. This is a joke at a stand stage, but it like perfectly sets for people that are like questioning it. When people ask like, if I'm ashamed to be paid for sex, I always say, no, I'm more embarrassed about all the people I fucked for free. <laughs> so that's a, that's on stage. I say that out of the gate and it makes, and people go, and then everybody's assholes loosen and then they can hear about it in, in like a normal dating context. You know, so explain. I want to know: Are you like yes, this one, but not this one? And if you get there and you're like, no, I can't. Do you feel comfortable not moving forward? How much say do you have in it? Um, well, I have I have total say because I can say no, right? I can be like, oh no, I'm not into it. And it's a weird thing because with the sugaring, it's different. It's than like escort work because escort work, like the prices are there. And even on an escort website, it's like you're being paid for your time. If you would like to engage in intercourse, that's up to you. That's not the service we're providing and all the legalese. Mm -hmm. Um, but 
So a lot of times with the sugaring, the reason that guys like that is because you're still getting like sex on demand, but it doesn't, they don't, they feel like it's a little bit like nicer than an escort. And what I've heard from people is they're like, what I like is that it's, it's sex on demand, but it's not with someone who is, and I hate to, but we're in their mind, they deem as like, like exclusively a sex worker. And they're like, oh, but it's with like a regular person who's got a regular day job. And so they're kind of so interesting because they, so sex workers are kind of like being othered, but this is being put into the category of like, this is almost like a girlfriend. Yep. It's like the girlfriend experience. hundred percent. What it is. Uh Uh-huh. It's, and that's why it's a lot about like, you know, you're going out to dinner and you, it's like, you have to be agreeable. And so you're just trying to be, you're just like a fun person to be around. And a lot of the guys, especially in New York, it's a lot of finance guys. And so they, the guys that I ended up dating for long periods of time, one I'm still with, it's been like two, it'll be two years in a couple of weeks. Wow. And yeah. And then the other one, I don't see him as frequently, but that's like two and a half years that I'm, we're still in contact and we're friends. And, um, but it is a weird thing. Like, so you're, you're fully in control and you can say no, but there's sometimes like you'll go out and if a guy's like, if a guy's super, I had someone try to haggle with me once. <laughs> Hell no. You're like, this isn't budget pussy. No. And he was, and he was super gross. He was super gross. And he was like, and he's like, well, if you don't have your own apartment. And I remember being like, I'm on like a hooker website. So of course I don't have my own fucking three bedroom in Tribeca. You know what I mean? Of course I have roommates. I'm not doing this cause I'm super rich. You know what I mean? So I remember he was like, we'll have to get a hotel. Well, that'll have to come out of what I give you. So it would be like $174. I mean, it was like that specific. Oh my God. And I, go, and I was like, no, thanks. Not interested. And he was like, oh, you think you can do, but he just, and he was so mad. And I had to be like, I'm not, you're making a scene. And it was lunch. So it wasn't like, <laughs> it was like a cafe with families. And stuff. Oh my God. So I was like, Jesus. It's already, annoying. it's already obvious because we're at the table and he looked like a troll. You know what I mean? So it's like, <laughs> uh, and, and it's weird because dudes, Cause the guy that I've been seeing for a while, he gives me, it's like per meet. So it's every time we meet, it's a certain amount. Um, and it's not the highest amount I've ever been given, but he's super hot and cool. So I'm like, I do not even care. Like I'll throw a discount for like a hot dude. You know yeah. Right? Cause it's like, Oh, I'd fuck you anyway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's the thing. I mean, you just said you've been with someone for like two years. Do you find that sometimes the line gets even blurrier than it already is where you're like, oh, I could like just be with this person. Yeah, it does. And it's interesting what I found. And it's so funny now talking about it now, I'm more comfortable with it because it's been I recently, I mean, maybe a month and a half ago, I started fucking a guy that does not pay me, just a regular dude. And that's the first guy that I fucked for free in like three years. Wow. I've been exclusively with the men that I met on the site. And so it is a strange, so it it does kind of fuck with your person. It's emotionally a lot of work. So it's like, you have to text, you know, like some people, if they put out, if they give, if they give you a lot of money and you're only spending, you know, I mean, I had a guy that he would, it was like, it's like $3,000 a month. And, and I would see him once a week for like two hours. (gasps) And, but he would want me to like, you know, take text it like in the morning, like, Hey, you know, it's like, so we, they want that kind of shit. Sure. Sure. She's like, Oh, good morning. How are you having a good day? Yeah. Hey, babe, have a great day. Hey, babe. Thank you. know, like it's so, and that part is annoying and I would get annoyed with it. And I'm like, do you want to wake up at four 30 and get on a train and go lift boxes at Whole Foods? Do you know? 100%. And so it's this weird, you're creating what I found. Cause at first, when I first started doing it, I remember being like, this is all about sex. 
until the first real guy that I met that I like seriously started dating. And it was like, uh, and it was like, this is like, oh, this is, I really like this guy and this guy's legit. He's fucking super rich. He's one of the, probably one of the wealthiest people in Manhattan. And he's like fucking, (laughs) it's crazy how rich he is. And we like, we're still friends now and we get along and that's, and he's got really good cocaine. And so that's when I was like, I mean, it's just, he's got like a four story penthouse. It was this bizarre where my apartment, so at one point I was in this apartment where the plumbing didn't work, but I had his credit card on my Uber account and he paid for my Equinox membership. So I can go to any club in the world. So it was really a mind fuck because you're living two completely separate lives. So I was like the struggling artist in the shitty apartment doing spots, trying to like get it together. And then I would call an Uber that I was not paying for, get in some, you know, get in a car. And I was living in Queens at the time, going to Manhattan, hit up a gym, do spots, go to his place. And then you're in this opulent mm-hmm. world. It was, but it was seriously like, it, it was surreal. And then it kind of, and then obviously the drugs make it more surreal. Right. Cause you're like, you're like, Oh, my dopamine. And I'm like, well, but also cocaine. <laughs> you know? I'm like, I just get so excited to see you. And it's like, well, it's to see him, but also he has to see the cocaine. Right. He's got <laughs> phenomenal cocaine in the apartment. And so with him, it was like, you're like, honey, I'm home. He's like, Oh, hi. And you're like, shut up. I was talking to the cocaine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not you. He would actually, it was cool. The elevator, because it like opens into each floor of his apartment. It's one of those where he owns the whole floor. And it was four stories of like four floors were his. And I'm just picturing Ed Westwick's character from uh, Gossip Girl. I don't know why. That you're not like far off. He's older, but he's not that old. He was like 57, 58. Yeah, fucking super. How fuckable. Really hot. He's super good looking. And it's just, a, oh yeah, this was the super hot guy. Yeah. Well, they're the two that are the two most long-term that I've are like super hot. Nice. Really hot and really good fucks. Nice. Really good fucks. I fucked um, the one that I, the one that I see the most often. I, I saw him yesterday and it was real good. It's nice. like, yeah, he comes over. We just, and it's nice cause you schedule when you're going to be, it's, I don't, I haven't had like unexpected sex in three years. I've never had where I go out and I'm like, what, woo, what's going to happen tonight? I know exactly when and where I'm getting fucked. It's none of this surprise section where you like go out and you're like, okay, I don't know what's going to happen tonight. And so you like shave and like put on cute underwear or whatever your ritual is before you go out. And then either you don't get laid and you go home sad. And you're like, you're like, I guess I'll just like fuck myself with this yeah. bag of fast food. And you're like, but it, so it is a nice thing to be able to kind of plan. And then I mean, I, I love it so much because it'll be times where I know like, like this week, for example, I'm, it's every day in a row I'm getting, I know I've already have my schedule out. So I'm getting fucked. Like it's four days in a row, the same guy. And then I have a fuck buddy. He's fun to hang out with. And he knows about the sugar daddies. Yeah. What does he say? He thinks it's dope. I love that. He works. Thank God. Yeah. He's seen me on stage before and we have mutual friends. So he knows about it. And we were hanging out. We just started hanging out. And then like the second, third night we were hanging out for the third time we hung out or something, I had seen my sugar daddy that morning and we were hanging out and I'm like, I go, dude, I got railed for like three hours. My pussy is blown out. So I said that to this guy and he's so hot that I was like, there's no way he's ever trying to hit on me. He's so fucking hot. And he's like, oh really? And I'm like, yeah. And then like 10 minutes later, he's like, do you want to make out? I'm like, fucking yeah. Why do you think I'm hanging out with you? Of course I want to make out with you. I don't need another friend. I'm a woman who works in comedy. I have too many male friends. Like I don't need, you can't help my career. You're not paying me. I'm here. Of course I want to make out with you. So we started making out. 
and I and I think when I said the thing about having been fucked, it was I'd kind of given up on the fact that this guy was like, I'm like, he does not want to hook up with me. So I'm just going to be honest with him and we'll just talk like bros, you know, but he was super into it. And then he's like, he's like, let's move to the bed. And we lay down and he like rubbed my pussy and he's like, I'll be gentle. And I was like, Oh my God. So he knows about, and he's, and my sugar daddy knows about him. So it's great. And my sugar, he's like, I think it's great that you're like seeing someone, you know, that's so cute. He's like excited for you. Yeah. Cause he has two other chicks in other cities that he sees. And yeah, I'm like, his, like these rich people, they it's, and I had this, is he married? Ah, uh, he might be. He might be. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'm not just, and that's another weird thing. People get judgy about that. I'm like, I told, he's not leaving. He's, I was like, don't leave your wife. He's like, I'm not going to. And I'm like, great. They've been married for like 25 years. So it's something where he's a sex addict. Sure. And he just wants to have a lot of sex. And with the sex worker thing where you have a girlfriend and you're paying some chick because especially with dudes like that. Don't call my phone. Don't come to my house. Don't be a psycho. Don't. This dude's the best because I don't. Te- I don't hear from it all until he'd be like, "Are you available this day and this time?" And I'm like, "Yep." And he's like, "Great, I'll see you then." Fucking and amazing. That's, it. that's why he's such that's, a good businessman, probably. Yep. And <laughs> I love to it. The chase. He knows his time is valuable. Your time is valuable. He's like, "Let me just." Yeah. Yeah, and it's really and it's nice too because the and I, one of my favorite things because I love being alone. Mm. I love being. I can do whatever the fuck I want. Stay. I don't have to call someone or text someone if I'm out late or if I'm whatever I can do. I have total freedom to do whatever I want. And then I just like have to just be there to, you know, oh, I have to get fucked. He's such a good lay, you know, mm. like, um, but yeah, this other guy. So he's, he's like, he's super into it and he gets, he's gets off on it. And yesterday I was fucking my sugar daddy. And I was like, I've been fucked since I hadn't been fucked for like nine days since I'd seen him. And he's like, oh, and I was actually, I, I'm agitated. I was agitated because I love fucking. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I tried to see the other guy before I saw you. So I wouldn't be such a bitch. And he's like, that's okay. And so then he fucked me and I'm like, and while he's fucking me, he's like, when are you going to see him? And I'm like tomorrow. And he's like, are you And while he's fucking me? Like, so he gets off on knowing you're fucking other people. Yeah. That's a perfect combo. And he and I will, and I'll be like, who's the last person you fucked. And he's like this chick in this city. And I'm like, we tell each other about who we're fucking while we're fucking each other. That's so it's kinda, that's hot. It's yeah, that is hot. Super hot. Let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about all the good things and the bad things that make me. Let's talk about sex. Okay, first of all, it's healthy. It's natural. It's a potent source of pleasure, connection, and renewal. Plus, it's a ton of fun, Sophia. I don't know if you know about sex. Oh, oh, I've been banging it out for a good long time, Courtney. Thanks for checking in. But here's a secret. Sex can always get better. What? Yeah, it's true. Uh, a little tube of coconut can do big things for your love life. Makes everything easier, smoother, more like it was meant to be. And it does it in a totally natural way. Oh, wow. It sounds like Coconut's coconut oil-based formula is USDA certified organic. Yeah, bitch. It is organic. That's what's up. It's gentle and it's silky. No, for real. It's so silky. I was able to get like 20 orgasms out. It lasts as long as I do, which is a long ass time. (laughs) Join us and see where a little bottle of all natural coconut can take you. That's right. Slide on down to Pleasure Town with discount code PRIVATE. It'll save you 15% off at coconut.com. Again, that's code private for 15% off at coconut.com. Happy sliding. So we're sitting here and I don't know, does it really matter if you're like married and the person's helping you or you're dating and the person's helping you or 
it's sugar babying or I don't even judge prostitution really of course no why, why would you and also putting putting the blame on on the sex worker always is kind of crazy to me you're not going around like saying oh if, you know if you're john or if you buy sex or whatever uh you're like garbage but somehow a woman that's doing that especially uh is like oh well it threatens the status quo yeah I think. it's like oh you think you're worthless it's like no I'm saying I am worth something and I'm getting the money for it. Yep. That's literally what I'm trying to do. Right. And that's, and I understand that people get upset about the trafficking thing because that's terrible and that's fucked up, but not every sex worker is being trafficked. Right. And the status quo thing, a hundred percent, because you look at with sex work, it's literally the oldest profession. Men, that's their one weakness. So men dominate fucking every, that's the way society has been set up just historically. That's the way it's been set up. It's like to keep, specifically white men in power, not to like go off of it. But I mean, if you do any kind of research, you're like, oh shit, fuck. This is how the whole game was set up. Yeah. Right. These people set it up that way. Keep everyone else below them. And now specifically with women versus men, with women, we're raised to be like, don't have sex until you're married or don't give it up on the first date. Mm -hmm. So you're kind of trained. And and if you were to bring home a dude who's some artist who does not make any money, your parents would be like, you need to meet someone with a good job who can take care of you. So we're trained from a young age to be like, I need to find someone that has a job that can take I care of me. I need a provider. I need a provider. And also I need to save my pussy so I can catch a provider because the most valuable thing about me is yeah. not my, how smart I am. It's not my personality. It's not how you, how, you know, like how hard of a worker I am. It's about my, my most valuable thing is my pussy because, and so you're trained because if like, don't give that away. That's all they want. And you're like, Oh my God. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? It's not like, it's not like they're like, Hey, so dudes are really in a smart, funny girl. So when you go on your first day, you know, don't let them know you can read. <laughs> just make sure you just ha- fuck them all you want, but point, just point it, ask for a menu with pictures in it. <laughs> like nobody does that. And so then when I'm like, Oh, wait a minute. I can just make money off of this. That's why they're so mad because your pussy is like the one thing they can't take away from you. You know, they can't physically take away the one thing that every man is clamoring for, but they will. But what they can do is they're like, well, we can't take your pussy away, but we can take away your right to barter your pussy directly for compensation versus like, okay, if you want to, you want money in exchange for your pussy, you got to marry somebody and you have to partner up with somebody for life. And then, so it's not, it's not just your pussy. It's like, you're also now you're taking care of the house. You're raising the kids. So you're doing all these other things. And then like you were saying that they also make you feel ashamed of it. Oh, for sure. And it's also kind of fucked up to think about the fact that, uh, when, um, you're taught, forever as a girl to protect your vagina as something that is worth something. And then you literally are like, oh, my rights to it, to make money to it are not allowed. But then also my my rights to not use it for money, but to have children with it, those are also restricted. So literally anything you can actually physically do to your own physical body is somehow in play. Yeah. As like to it's be given restricted, up. and then the next level is shame, and it's men and it's women. Women are notorious for shaming any sort of sex work, anything that reeks of sex work. Yeah, that's I can remember in school we were taught like, oh, call someone a skank or a slut or a whore. That's like so accepted. Yeah, it's like, and it's because it's this thing. It, the thing with women is we're we're kind of raised on this idea of it's like the Disney princess thing where you wait for your Prince Charming. You don't have sex till you get married. You're just told to like, save it, save it, save it. That's all anyone wants. And you're like, Oh God, Oh God, Oh God. 
And so you're paranoid about it. That's why a lot of women don't even enjoy the act of sex. That's why a lot of women are not having good orgasms and they're not enjoying sex just to enjoy it because they're shame attached to it because they're like, oh God, it's another notch on my belt. Or like, I hope he likes this. Is this going to make, will he be my boyfriend? Will he marry me? Will this get me a house? Can I, if I'm good enough, will I not have to have a job anymore? Like it's this crazy. And even now, even like all these women's magazines, everything, there's so many articles about like how to, how to please a man, how to trap a man, how to make a man fall in love with you. It's like, Jesus Christ. Like, I don't need anybody else. I can do whatever I need to do on my own. I don't need a husband or boyfriend to validate my existence, that I'm beautiful, that I'm worthy of love and that I'm worthy of orgasms. But for some reason it's flipped. And so people like me, and that's like, oh, you don't respect yourself. I'm like the fucking opposite. I used to date guys that were like losers and like not losers, but like were we, you know, I paid for a lot of stuff and they were cheating on me and like not super nice to me. The dudes that I met on the site, I've never been treated like such a princess than with the dudes that I met on the site, because not only is it someone spending time with you and you're going out to nice places and these and the guys that I've dated, because some of the guys, not everyone on the site, some of them are creeps, and but it's like any dating app. But the guys that I ended up dating and still am friends with and had relationships with, very successful, highly intelligent. They think it's cool that I do stand up. They think what I do is awesome. And so they, for them, they're like, I. they just think I'm the coolest fucking person they've ever met. And they're like, you're so hot. I've never been worshiped like that. So not only just the attention and affection, and then for they take you out like to a really nice place and you're like, oh, this person wants to go out with me and like introduce me to their friends and they'll Have come. experiences. Yeah, it's so fun. And so that makes you feel valued. And then on top of that, they're like, not only am I gonna t- let you know with my words and my actions, how much I value and appreciate you. I'm also gonna put a number on that. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna give you, I appreciate you so much and I want, I want life to be easier for you. So what do you need? How can I help your life be easier so that you can do the things that you want to do and like blossom and flourish as a person and an artist? And it's, I mean, it's the opposite of, and there are, like I said, I had where I got, had a guy haggling with me. I'm like, okay, so he's a cunt and that's someone I would not see. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's not someone that's worth your time. And then there was a guy that I dated on there for a while and you could tell that he was, not in it for the sex. It was a very strange, some people are on there, a lot of men because they have animosity towards women. So you have to be careful of that. Oh. Right. So if you're on the site, they just feel like they want to own you. Yep. And so it's this thing where they have like issues with their, their ex-wife or with their mom or they have issues with women. And so they're like, they'll pay you, but they'll be real shitty about it. And like, if you have like on a new top or new pair, they're like, who bought you those, huh? And so you have to, you have to steer clear of those people and those people will fuck with you. And, but again, it's the same. You'll meet people like that in the regular dating world. Totally. Everything's right. You can meet cunts and nice people, but everything's amped up when you're getting money for it. You know? So it, all those personality traits of like the nice guy and then the asshole get, I, I find that they get real ramped up when they're paying you. Cause they will be fully to, to the fullest extent, good or bad. I also just want to mention that these men, these relationships you're having, um, are the reason that you can pursue your art 
more aggressively because it is very hard to be a stand-up comedian and it is very hard to make money doing it full time. Uh, and it's very hard to find the time to do it. So you get good enough to make money from it. And it is like a circle. So a lot of people, uh, don't get to break through that. It's just very, very hard to support yourself until you get to that level. And it's harder for women and people of color, obviously. So the fact that you can level the playing field to give yourself a leg up in your career by regulating your time, how much money you get for it so that your time can be spent on being an artist that's incredible. And that's a possibility and a future that you're giving yourself in the present as a gift because you love yourself, not mm -hmm. because you don't have a good relationship with your body or with yourself, or you don't think you're worth anything. It's actually quite the opposite. You're investing in yourself. Right. And when people, the idea of, because feminism is really, feminists are very split on the topics. But if you're like, we hate the patriarchy, it's like, I'm literally getting money from rich old white men and funneling it into my life so that I can do comedy and do a show called The Pussy Fart Gang. Yeah. You know? So it's like, if we're going to talk about breaking down the patriarchy, I'm like, you know, sex workers can do it slowly, brick by brick by brick. Yeah. You know, because we're... So, and, and that's you know, a stupid pun is like Robin Ho and it makes me laugh every time. Um, but, <laughs> but it really, but it, it honestly, like that's how it feels. And just for comfort in my own life, like I have had my own apartment on the Upper East Side for a little over a year. Hell yeah. So I saved, a, thank you. So I saved a lot of money and then I was able to put, you know, put a lot of money down and get an apartment and I have an Equinox member. It's great. That's fucking awesome. Well, I think you're living your best life. I want to hear about this documentary. Oh my God. Yes. So here's what's so interesting is now the sex work thing. Cause I wrote an article for women's health about having a sugar daddy and I have tons of obviously lots of material about it. And I'm working on a book about that, that we'll see, you know, when that is closer to coming out. Um, but there's a documentary that has nothing to do with sugar daddies. These people saw me at a bar show when I first moved to New York. And this guy, Jorge Cruz, loves comedy, is a filmmaker, and he wanted to make a documentary about a comedian that wasn't famous. Because he's like, every documentary is someone who's kind of already made it. And that's interesting. But he was like, I want to see like the, the shit of yeah. New York City. So he saw me to show, started following me with the cameras. They followed me for two years. Oh my God. The first two, oh yeah. They would just text me and be like, where are you? And just show up with cameras. So I had no say, this is not something I commissioned. And I'm such a maniac that they'd be like, you're so natural. The camera's right in your face and you're acting like it's not there. And I'm like, oh, it's because I'm unmedicated and very bipolar. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Medicated yeah, but bipolar. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, I, I, my whole life since I was a kid, I imagined cameras were on me anyway. I'm like, so this is not a big deal to me. They have footage. I know for sure they have footage of me on the website, on my phone in between gigs. I don't know if they used any of it, but they wrapped shooting and I went on my first date from the website a week or so after they wrapped shooting. Oh, so none of that really is in the doc. So it's an, and that's why I'm like, let me write this. That's what I'm working on the book as kind of like a part two of companion piece, sort of. Yeah, it's like it's so interesting to have your life like captured literally up to that point. Yeah, I'm. I, wow. I, I, they're taking it to. I don't know when it's. It's probably we're going to do the New York premiere sometime in May or June. I'm still waiting to get the exact date from that. Um, and then to see, I think it's got like limited theater release. It's just as a bizarre thing to be in even the space I'm in right now, like talking with you guys, because the movie, they're taking it to shop. 
So I'm waiting to get money from that. So I don't have any money from the documentary, but I, they're movie posters and it's, I know that's happening. So that's exciting. I'm working on a book about all the sugar daddy experiences, but I'm still actively with the sugar daddies. And so it's this weird thing where I'm still like, I need them still for financial support. And I do love being with them, but so I'm still like scheduling sex and that's how I'm paying that. You covers like half of my bills. So I'm still in that lifestyle while trying to write about it and examine it. So I'm in this like weird in between phase and I'm being sober while I'm doing it. So it's like, I just, everything I just feel and I'm, yeah, yeah it's right. So it's just like trying to be calm. Like don't have, it's just a panic attack, like mini panic attacks all day. When are you going to cut the cord or what do you think it would take? Do you have a dollar sign in your head where you're like, if I make this much money, I don't want to do game, it anymore. Or, do you, or not, do you like it? Well, that's to stick around. Here's what's interesting. And I was having this conversation with my sugar daddy yesterday. Um, because when I getting sober was really helpful for me because it, it was just this kind of spinning hamster wheel. I had so much money coming in for the first time in my life. And I, and I was like, I'd never had that. And I was like, I know what I'll do drugs. And then I was like, okay, you need to fucking cool it. So once that kind of slowed everything down and I was, I'm like, I, I had to be like, okay, yeah, I have a lot going on the drugs and alcohol is not helping me. So let me just stop that, do a hard stop. And that way I can eat more easily, kind of navigate all these different things I have going on. So that was helpful. But I remember thinking, because part of me feels like, oh, I can't wait, you know, where I don't need to see these guys anymore. And I just want to date someone normally. But the thing that I do like about the sugar dad, especially the one one that I saw yesterday, I, because he's got a primary partner and then, three others. And I'm one of the three. I actually like that because I see him and I tell him everything. And then I have the other guy that I see sometimes. And then this, uh, the guy that I'm going to fuck later this afternoon. And I was even thinking, I'm like, I would like a fourth person that I fuck just as like a maintenance fuck, you know, like a quick, mm-hmm. there's like a young kid who's hot just cause it's fun. And I trained my brain to emotionally compartmentalize each experience. And something interesting that happened is every time my sugar daddy leaves, Cause I do have feelings for him. Like we say, you know, we say we love each other and, but we say that in the moment because that's part of the deal is like, we're here, just be present. Uh-huh. Nothing matters, but right here, give each other pleasure, have a good time. So I'm able to take that into traditional relationships and even like friendships and even fucking a show instead of you go like, just be present and like, let's do what we can with the time that we have together. And it's an interesting lesson and control to take from that relationship and that discipline of focus and take that to other parts of your life. It's very Buddhist kind of in a way. And it's weird to be that like, you know, being a sugar baby, like taught me kind of this Buddhist lesson. And the other thing is every time he leaves, I do feel this loss and I feel sad and I know he's going to be with someone else. And at first that was hard, but now I've learned to like immediately detach and it's kind of a nice thing to be like, and now this is the next part of my day and this is a new thing. And so I might, I mean, I would like to stay with, even when I start having lots of money, I would like to stay with the one guy just because I kind of like the idea of having a primary partner uh-huh. and then being able to see a couple different people just because then it's everyone serves. You have different friends for different reasons. You know, if you want to go sit in a coffee shop and cry, you have one girlfriend that yeah. you call. If you want to fucking go out and dress up, you have another. So like they all have different things that I like. And so I kind of like that. So, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen, but, and nope. he said, 
Yeah. And I was like, I'll pay for a vacation for us. That'd be fun. And then he's like, well, I'll still pay for it. I'm like, yeah, no, I know. I was fully kidding. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, oh, I would never do that. Yeah. No, I was being, I was being nice. (laughs) Oh my God. This has been so amazing. I feel like we could just talk to you all day. Forever. Uh, Truly. But you'll have to come back. Yeah. Um, and keep us posted on everything. And thanks for like shedding uh, light on something that a lot of people, I think, misjudge and letting people know what it actually is like and how it ma- has made you feel and yeah, what a difference awesome. it's made in your life. Yeah, I was going to say, next time you're out, because I do this all the time, I used to, before I ever got on the website, you would see, because it's really noticeable, I know in LA and New York especially, but where there'll be like an older dude and like a hot younger chick and I used to be like, gross, what a whore. But now I see some chick, there's this chick in my neighborhood neighborhood on the Upper East Side, I see the same chick and the same old dude all the time. And every time I see that bitch, I just want to give her a high five. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, motherfucking five to Wendy Starling. She is such a bad bitch. I love her. That was an incredible episode. Find her on Instagram or Twitter, Wendy Starling. Uh, Wendy with an I, and then you should definitely check out her podcast. Pussy Fart Gang, PFG. PFG? Please check out her stand-up also, because it's so good. And who do we have next week, Sophia? Oh, next week we have um, Alita Kai, who is amazing. She's like a dominatrix slash healer, and she recently transitioned more into acting and moved to LA. So we got this right before... Yeah, right towards the end of her New York life. Yeah. How crazy is that? And she's so interesting. She talks a lot about what it's like to be from her culture and pursue something like being a dominatrix. It's it's wild and really interesting and thoughtful. And so is her Instagram. You should check it out. Sophia's had a long time crush on Alita via Instagram. So I have. I've been following her a long time. <laughs> Maybe that's how we found her. I don't know. No, that's exactly how we found her. I've had her faved in my thing for a long time. Hey, Sophia, what's that bomb ass music? I'm so glad you asked. This music is by our friend Amy Rosh. Find her on Spotify, R-A-A-S-C-H. This episode was mixed by Mike Castaneda from Plastic Audio. We We love love you, Mike. Ooh, I like that little girl group going on here. (laughs) What's up? (laughs) If Destiny's Child was just all Michelle's. Oh, but funny. If you guys like this episode as much as we like Mike, hit those five stars on iTunes, baby, and leave us a review letting us know what you like about the show. We've gotten some really sweet reviews lately. Yeah, they've made us feel all rosy and gooey and stuff. So if you want to make us wet, leave us those five stars. Meant in my heart, you dirty monster. (laughs) But yeah, um, also there. What do they get, Sophia? If you review us and send us a screenshot, I'm going to send you a button, a cool private parts unknown button. Nice. And if you didn't like us, I'm just going to respect your decision for today because you know what? We all just, we have different things that we like in life and that's life okay. Life hard, man. You know, you do you. If you want to go Joe Rogan it out right now, <laughs> you do that. Be our guest. You fucking, <laughs> you deserve that. Okay. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>